Okay, everyone, and welcome back to QWERTYCAST. Uh, you know, this is our cozy little podcast where we talk about indie games, PC gaming, and all of the stuff in between. Uh, today, I am with Dave and Steve, half of the host roster, and we're ready to send you off of uh, 2020 with what I'm guessing is going to be a very nice conversation between the three of us. Um, Should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, hi, guys. How are you guys doing? Good. I'm wonderful. How are you doing? I'm great. I mean, we're about to end 2020, which, I mean, I don't have to be the one to say that this has been a super weird year for everyone, but I have loved our focus on gaming throughout the whole year. I've loved that I just keep falling into, like, these addicting games with friends, and I've been, like, playing so many things with, like, four-part people parties, um, even games that I, like, just revisited or that came out before 2020. Um, I feel like 2020 has definitely been the year for group gaming and it's been really exciting. It has. I, I wish, I wish I had recorded it because I said super early in this year that these kinds of things, these kind of like incredible, uh, like events that affect everyone in the world. These are the times where we get art renaissances. And so I guess gaming is getting its own renaissance. We are sort of in that golden age or at least leading into it. Yeah, and it's been a good year for it. A lot of great releases, a lot of hype content. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that gaming's going to be looked at, hopefully, in a different light than we've seen over the course of the past couple decades, just purely because uh, entertainment is really something that a lot of us are clinging to right now. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully, you know, it'll really bolster uh, the opinion moving forward. Also, in this time where you can't be around people, the interactive medium where you can... Uh, feel as though you're doing something with mm-hmm. friends because um, you are literally doing something with friends uh, is is very beneficial for gaming though let's um, not forget that many timelines have been pushed back severely um, yeah whether that's an indie game or a triple a game or something in between there they that you know this this is really messed with a lot of development cycles I am. I mean, and that pressure, gaming is already kind of infamous for not handling timeline crunches and pressure very well, especially on the health of their devs. So there probably will be a lot of news for us to follow and have to keep up with on like the health of devs at certain game companies and just checking out the best practices of the game companies that we already love. Yeah. And not just health, but overall wellness. Like, right, right. We'll, I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more, but the the reactions of of the overall gaming community, or at mm. least the vocal part of it, um, uh, to certain different crunches or releases, has to change. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's a double edged sword. You know, it's yeah. on on the dev side, but it's also on us as the um, consumers. We need to you know <clears throat> talk about both ends of the problem (laughs) we need to do that yeah and we need to give games more um just more time to breathe after they're released you know i feel like i too often find a game that was super popular for a month have comments in the twitter feed that just say dead game fall guys (laughs) for one example and there's i mean we'll get into this but you know games are going to continuously release dlc that is just part of the nature of like gaming now and we need to be aware that, you know, we're not going to be satisfied when one release anymore. It's going to be over time, like a TV show. 
Yeah. And I think yeah. that that's one of the great things about this podcast is we give the indie developers, the groups that probably need the most help in this process, a second look in mm-hmm. and a little bit more of an exposure time. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, there's that initial opinion that hits you and then there's the opinion that you have after you've sank 10 hours into it and hopefully we've given people the opportunity to spend a little bit more time with some of the games that we love and some mm-hmm. of the games that we're promoting to give them a, a better look in absolutely well so speaking of what we love the first thing that we usually start with now is going to be the news roundtable. so starting with dave uh you had some news about this game jam actually a co-op a co-game jam I think happening on itch.io, right? Yes, yes, I do. And I appreciate that as an apology, you've put me first in the news cycle ahead of, ahead of you. It's alphabetical. <laughs> okay, it was not an apology. I'm not sorry for anything. I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but I will say that I will like mix up the host just because that feels natural. Now we're doing a pick from a hat. Yeah, right. exactly. Except it's my hat, my hand, and you get no um, say in the matter. All right, <laughs> cool. Um, so the the first one that I'm going to highlight is actually the one that I kind of stumbled across using one of my favorite resources, which I will do a, a little shout out to after I've talked about the game gems themselves. Um, but it's 70 FPS 2020. Um, submissions were initially supposed to be from December 4th of 2020 until I want to say the 16th, oh, the 13th of 2020. Yeah, yeah. It was just um, a week. Yeah, it was just supposed to be seven days uh, in your local time zone to create a first-person game. Uh, mm. So I guess let me 11th. first give the overview. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, uh, it's it's a game development challenge. They did it in 2018. They did it again for 2020 um, to make a first-person game in seven days. Mm-hmm. Um, their, their little about section is challenge yourself and first-person games by creating a game that takes us to new places in new ways. It doesn't seem to be much of a theme other than that it has to be first person, which mm-hmm. I really like. Um, just, you know, uh, first off, I like first person perspective games a lot. Uh, it mm-hmm. really helps me feel as though I am the character, no matter who that character may be. Um, but I'm going to go down to their FAQ really quick on their itch page, which is itch.io slash jam slash 70 FPS hyphen 2020. Um, that's where you can see the overview. You can find links to their discord, their Twitter, and the actual submissions of the game, which you can, I assume a lot of them are, are free to try and any sort of comments or ratings that you can give on them, you know, please do it. Devs always appreciate as much feedback and visibility as they can get Mm -hmm. these these smaller indie devs. Um, especially with itch, it's so easy to just leave a review. They usually have it in the top right corner. Um, so my favorite is the uh, FAQ, which is FAQ slash what are the rules? And the question is, can I <laughs> dot, dot, dot? And the answer is yes. So it's basically anything goes here as long as it's a first person game. Yeah. Um, and they actually extended submissions. So this runs through the entire year of 2022. The only thing being mm-hmm. make the game in seven days. Right. That's it. Like that's um, just your goal. So yeah, um, so, I love the the game jam like thought process of just giving developers kind of like a very vague set of rules and just go have at it. Yeah, it really creates some crazy concepts. Well, yeah, and it and as uh, Andres was talking about this, that does kind of give 
into this golden age of creativity where mm-hmm. it's it's not like oh do it within this parameter do like make it it has to be a shooter it has to be it has to have you know whatever whatever you know nothing just it's first person and do something unique do something fun what's an mm-hmm. idea that you've wanted to test out um and so i guess that leads me to the fact that they um coincided with another game jam called mm-hmm. proc jam proc jam i don't want to i assume proc jam would be the easiest way to say that i think the proc might be something along the lines of procedural generation um mm-hmm. because it's a laid back and relaxed jam about making things that make things <laughs> um, Ooh, okay so we do things like designing video games that generate their own levels or making card games that tell stories or creating artworks that are random or unpredictable. It's an exciting, different way to be creative, and Proc Jam is here to help you get started. Find friends and have fun with it. They also have a Discord. Uh, their itch is itch.io slash jam slash Proc Jam. That's P-R-O-C-J-A-M. Mm-hmm. Um, the theme this year was renewal. They did close off submissions. So they they ran for the that same time frame of December 4th to December 13th. But you can still see their submissions. You can still join their Discord, which I actually did, and they have people talking inside of it still. Nice. Um, my favorite thing, though, is that they have resources that they provide. They, there's hours of talks. There's tutorials. There's art packs. Um, and it... Uh, once again the rules are simple it's the it has one rule and that's make something that makes something um it makes something that makes something so like that's just fake enough that you can do like anything (laughs) right but like we're still talking about a a game though so it's like right i the first game that comes to mind is like baba is you sure yeah it's kind of like you know that weird engineering it's i don't i don't know uh, kenny once mentioned it like if you like coding you'll like baba is you okay or see it's funny because oh go ahead a- any game that has procedural generation you know think of oh, think of right, games right. where the levels aren't the same you know like every time oh, you play through it it's saying. different that that i was is... thinking of like uh those old text-based adventures because um mm. if you give it a large enough library you could potentially have it generate its own stories Oh yeah, it's there true. is there is one that already does that. I can't remember. Oh really? It. Um, okay, we'll have to find that out and mm-hmm. then uh, give the developers a boost at some point. Yeah, I mean it was it was pretty popular. Um, and they did a second one. I can't remember. I wish I could remember the name off the top of my head, but I genuinely can't. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. We'll have to have our last time on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the what is it? Flashback music cues. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but though it's yeah. a proc jam, that sounds so cool. Yeah, yeah, it was it was procedurally generated. I just found that through too. But uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. I'm I'm glad that um, you found this game jam to check into. Yeah, so I'm actually gonna <laughs> read through some of the on my own time. I'm gonna read through some of the games and hopefully bring some to highlight um, as, as potentially as uh, other games on you know my my other section that mm-hmm. we won't talk about this week um but yes. the the games that i'm gonna highlight this mm-hmm. time around uh are are all from this these two game jams there's yes. one uh and and the resource that i found these on which po- tipped me off to these game jams was alphabetagamer.com uh they they highlight different alphas and betas of games um 
or like game demos, you know, things, mm-hmm. things that haven't fully released a lot of stuff that's in early access. And they also, they oftentimes highlight uh, game jam games since they're not always completed concepts, you know, it's seven mm-hmm. days and what you get done, you get done. Um, and it gives me a good resource to find games that are like up and coming by indie devs that, that really actually, um, take a shot at something unique. Um, so the first one I'm going to do is you did it faster before, which is a physics based speed running parkour platformer that, um, awesome. that has different unlockable abilities. Uh, oh, and you, and you basically, yeah. And, and you just move through their world. Uh, rogue light platformer. That sounds cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And just looking at the, um, image of the game it seems like a really fun thing i'm actually going to check it out um probably later today if not it tomorrow it does look kind of ridiculous yeah it just looks silly and i i want to check it out um i, I feel and, like the title is almost poking fun at us already just like yeah you know that you like that that repetitive when you're dying over and over and over again in like a level like celeste and you just oh i know i was doing this better and i'm getting worse right <laughs> Even those times in Hades where you do one run and you're like, how come the last run I got all the way through it and this mm-hmm. time I died in the second stage? What the hell did I do different? What the fuck? Um, okay. Yeah, keep going. So then Hammer Space, uh, Hammer underscore Space is another mm-hmm. game that seems interesting. Uh, the description on uh, Alphabet Gamer says it's an inventive first person stealth puzzle action game that encourages you to break the game as you use a hammer to break the walls and dive into a no-clip hammer space. Um, I don't really uh, understand too much about the game yet, but um, I'm just kind of taking a look at it right now. Um, Mm -hmm. It it seems to be missing quite a lot of stuff still. Um, (laughs) It's... but it seems intentional. Uh, like I'm reading the description. It says, you've been given a leaked build of an in-development FPS. The problem is that it's not finished and it's missing a lot of the objects you'd ordinarily require to play through the game. Um, and that's the like, game that requires the user to make the game. <laughs> right. Um, so then oh you God. discover a big hammer uh, that you can use to kill enemies, but it also mm. like breaks the actual the walls game. of the game so that you can go through and like go Fuck. through the different levels and 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 see i guess the rest of the game it seems like a really interesting concept which is why yeah. i love i want to see it um i certainly want to um bend my own mind mm. when yeah. i play i like that. the fact that you're bringing jams up in the conversation because i really do hope that they get a lot more publicity and a lot more viewership um as mm-hmm. we continue to move through the age of uh video games because a lot of these great triple a ideas i feel like uh, start as you know small group development concepts mm-hmm. so it's it's cool that the jams are really fostering that mentality yeah uh i i absolutely agree i, I think that game jams have a lot of these unique ideas that don't ever get pushed forward and and i hope that, that more too. of them get greenlit especially the ones that really deserve it i yeah. won't call out any specific ones but mm. they uh they seemed to be rehashes of ideas, which is cool. You know, if you're a new developer, there's nothing better than reimagining a game that's already been made because you at least have a really solid groundwork. Exactly. Um, and that's how you make the best iterations of, uh, of a genre that's already been established. Exactly. Um, the last game I'm going to highlight really quick is called Infinite Pizza. Uh, mm-hmm. It's an infinite running game where you slice your way uh, 
deep into the cheesy heart of an infinite pizza. It was created for both 7 DFPS and Proc Jam. Oh, that's cool. So uh, uh, the description here says that it plays a little like a first-person version of Super Hexagon. Mm. Uh, So if that gives you an idea of of what kind of style game it is. Uh, I hope that helps. Um, those are just three of the games that I'm going to check out, but uh, looking at it here, I mean, there's... Oh, so many. So there are 233 entries into Proc Jam 2020, and as of mm. the time of recording, there were 194 entries into the 70 FPS 2020. Oh, wow. Nice. nice. So... Those are uh, that's that's my segment. I don't have too much else mm-hmm. to talk about. I just wanted to highlight a cool a couple cool jams that that popped up for me that I want to definitely look more into. I appreciate that because my little I'm not going to get too far into it now, but my segment is going to be about the larger game awards that are happening or that happened. And uh, now you just kind of inspired me to check out what itch has on its main page because I usually do. But in the meantime, I would love to move over to Steve's topic. Yeah, so we're going to get a little controversial uh, (laughs) on the podcast today. Um, So what I'm going to be talking about, actually, which I'm not sure if uh, you guys have heard about this, but um, there was an indie game that was announced that it was going to be released on GOG. Mm -hmm. And within two days, GOG actually rescinded that announcement, and it caused a lot of problems for the um, gamers and retweets and comments, and it was was a Mm -hmm. big controversy. So what I'm talking about is um, Devotion. It's a um, Taiwanese developer Red Candle Games created a first-person uh, psychological horror game that a lot of people have been really interested in, and it actually released originally back in February of last year. Um, what happened, though, was gamers noticed that in a certain section in the game, there was a wall where the Chinese um, text could be translated to basically um, say that Xi Jinping, which is, um, I'm probably pronouncing that wrong and I apologize, uh, but he's the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, Mm. um, was Winnie the Pooh, and which is actually a reference to a meme that started back in 2013. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that it's kind of, it's continued to live is because of the fact that um, Xi Jinping has taken such a, um, negative stance against this and he's actually banned uh, Winnie the Pooh films in China and he's banned his image uh, and the likeness of Winnie the Pooh on the internet mm-hmm. and because of that it's kind of added fuel to the flames so when this originally released in February of 2019 on Steam within like five days the gamers had basically review bombed um, because of that line in there um, and the uh, developers for Red Candle Games basically said it was a placeholder text. It was never meant to make it. It was a failure in their QA checks. Uh, the game was removed, but it never got placed back on the market. Mm. So that's been completely removed from the game at this point. So they did remove exist. it. Okay. They did yeah. remove it. And they had been working over the last you know year and nine months, ten months, mm-hmm. to try and get this game back released on a major platform. I guess they came to a deal with GOG, mm-hmm. and on December 16th of this year, they announced that it was going to be released to huge applause. A lot of gamers were really excited for it. But within two days, uh, GOG came back out, said, hey, we're actually not releasing this game based on a huge number of um, negative comments that we've received at you know, our headquarters. Now, what's interesting, and what's kind of the controversy here, 
is that some analytics that were performed on the comments and retweets around this have basically proven that the vast majority of users are actually upset about the fact that it's being removed again. Most people wanted to play this game. Mm-hmm. So whether they're referencing some type of, you know, you know, physical letters that they received or some other form of contact, whether it be emails, we're not 100% sure. The internet hasn't been given any kind of proof of this negative commentary other than the review page on Steam mm. like two years ago. So unfortunately, uh, GOG, which if you guys aren't aware, is owned by CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. Basically, this week in December was just a really, really bad week for CD Projekt Red. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll be talking about the other somewhat controversy um in the tech uh, cafe section later on but uh cd project red is not having a good week um hopefully there will be some resource for us to be able to access this game um it, it looks awesome i watched a couple trailers for it i watched some of the gameplay footage from when it originally released if you like the horror genre it seems like it's right up your alley it's a first person perspective um you know jump scare and all so hopefully there will be some resource uh, for people to be able to access the game but as of right now not on Steam, not on GOG. Uh, if I find a resource for getting access to it that is 100% legal, I'll let you guys know in the future. But as of right now, Red Candle Games seems to be out of luck with being able to publish this. I, That's I awesome. wonder if they have any other games. Yeah, I have to look into it. Um, it's. I know that this is like their pet project. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, when you say Taiwanese developers, and if anybody's, you know, familiar with the um, global policies right now, Taiwan is in a weird situation with China and their relationship is not very healthy. And so it's mm-hmm. not surprising that something like this would have existed in the game in the first place. But obviously, mm-hmm. because we have to cater to everyone, um, it became a really big sticking point. And they were right to remove it. I just mm-hmm. think that it's carried through and it's really been a detriment to their ability to be able to release this from what i can see red candle games has one other game it's called detention which is an atmospheric horror game set in 1960s taiwan under martial law uh it released january 12 2017 it uh over out of eight almost eight thousand reviews it's overwhelmingly positive and in the recent almost hundred reviews it has very positive yeah and interesting and interestingly enough, so and that's really cool. Uh, I'm looking at the detention now. So Devotion's also, um, well, it's in 1980s Taiwan. For the first day that it was released, it had overwhelmingly positive reviews. So it seems like most people really enjoyed it. I'm surprised that detention didn't get um, review bombed just as a you know side effect of um, Devotion. But uh, if the first one was so highly praised, I imagine this game is just as good. So it's a real shame. Yeah. This is yeah. This is really crazy. Um, it it it's insane that like, it's insane that they removed it and there was like the controversy held to it so well that it still yeah. had this like negative connotation. That's gonna be obviously really bad for the game company itself. But mm-hmm. I mean, I f- I feel like I've been having this conversation with people a lot that media is leaning towards China these days, and not in a good or bad way. But we are becoming less and less of the audience that matters globally in the United States. It's just interesting to see that there's this uh, consumer profile shift. Mm. And you're right. I think that that plays a huge part in this controversy in particular is that obviously GOG and CD Projekt Red are feeling pressure from something. Mm. And where, you know, I find fascinating is that although they've come out and claimed it directly, there hasn't been a whole large amount of evidence to support 
what they're saying, which is that the majority of the commentary that they've had in relation to the release of this game has been negative. Because everything that at least I'm able to see, and based on the analytics of the report that I've looked up, uh, was able to view through Twitter. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost overwhelmingly been, why did you remove it again? We really want to play this game. So you would think that from a financial standpoint, GOG would be very interested in releasing it because obviously that sales on their platform. So there's definitely some outside source here, and it may just mm -hmm. purely be that they received a huge overwhelming amount of commentary that was directly to them and not through social media but it's kind of hard to believe considering that social media is the way that we communicate nowadays yeah so it's not my place to say but definitely a huge controversy right now in the uh, gog and cd project reds it's uh, also worth noting problem. that um a lot of that commentary could be coming from sources that are more uh in control of the media it could be coming from chinese sources that commentary uh I know this is another controversial thing is is how many games are now kind of like in the background funded, if not partially owned by some major Chinese corporations. Really? Um, yeah, like I want to say that Bungie, when they got out of their um, Activision deal, was it um, for... Um, destiny 2 mm -hmm. to to get sole ownership they got major money from i i forget which developer or which uh company it was i think a publishing company based out of china and then mm. um same thing with diablo immortal i believe is one of those games where uh it's big money from china actually yeah. going straight to blizzard and activision yeah. for that so to to reference what you're talking about um it looks like bungie received a hundred million dollar cash infusion from netease um, yep, which is a it. chinese tech company um that we've seen associated with a lot of mobile games recently yes. um so yeah so and that's definitely something to keep an eye on and you know you're always going to receive pressure from your financial um sector before you see it from your consumer sector mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean, it's it's something, um, hopefully there'll be workarounds, like I said, as soon as I find a way of accessing it, because I'm interested just to play it, um, I enjoy the horror, I think you guys have been playing um, Phasmophobia, um, I just picked up my Oculus Quest and I've been testing it out and scaring the living daylights out of me, so I'm, I like the genre, um, mm -hmm. this game had a lot of hype and it just, it was only ever on the market for five days, so if anything there's more hype now, Yeah, uh, exactly. for me at least. What's the... But yeah, so that's... That's what I've got today, um, but I'll definitely keep you guys posted on it. Thank you. Right on. Yeah, I'm trying to. I, I didn't even know anything about that. So what that phrase for is? That to my attention. The uh, yeah. forbidden fruit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's got that feeling. You know, it's like oh, I can't play it, so now I really, really mm -hmm. want to. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Well, so I guess the last thing in the news roundtable would be game awards for the year you know we're ending out the year we have everybody saying like what's their favorite games of 2020 and it's not going to be too much to report on because i would say go check out those game awards yourself they're you know doing the work to look at games vet them and get community responses the big one obviously being the game awards of 2020 that took a really center stage this year I feel like almost as much as E3 does sometimes. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it was kind of surprising to me because, to be honest, I hadn't really heard of the Game Awards before this year. 
but like it got so much press coverage if you just google it and go to the news section there's just every like three four or five pages of coverage about how important the game awards was it had i think 83 million people watching wow yeah do you think that that's because of the underwhelming performance of e3 this year which usually is when we kind of all get our gaming kicks out of the way and i don't I think, think it's a yes and no because it wasn't like it wasn't underwhelming because it was disappointing. It was underwhelming because COVID. Well, yeah. yeah. And so, but yes, I think we are. There's this phrase that we've been using at work sometimes, where it's like, when are we going to go from surviving to thriving? And I think mm. that at least with gaming, some people are definitely in that mode. Like, oh, this is this still works for us. We can work from home. We can work from these offices and separated space. So it's like the game awards felt like a culmination of everyone finally getting comfortable again and uh it's just exactly like e3 was super underwhelming because we couldn't do anything back then yeah but yeah i'm really interested in some of this stuff so uh what what information you got for us well i mean i was just basically gonna say like the games uh they mostly you know highlighted triple a games but the games that we are gonna be looking at are like the indie games hades took everything oh, it killed it it yeah. just killed everything. It was like on every single recommended list. It was on everything. Hades was just like a monster this year, and everyone's think, recommending it. What did it, it won like best action in a game as well? And I thought like, it, as much as I love Hades, yeah. I thought that against some of the other games that were on that, I felt that it was undeserving of specifically that one. But um, well, even for the still, for the game awards, it won. Let's see, it won best indie. Uh, I think what deserves exactly. I think what you're thinking of in best action is the other game award that I was going to highlight, which is the game awards. You showed me this, the game of the year awards by PC gamer. And they do a yearly game awards as well, but this one is ongoing. So although they haven't released every single one, like today they released best action game is Hades. Yesterday was best ongoing game, which isn't indie. It's final fantasy, um, 14, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if I can Which read. is a fantastic game. Um, and and then they're going to keep going down. So it's going to go best roguelike, adventure game, co-op, card, innovation, VR, multiplayer game, RPG, FPS, strategy, and then game of the year revealed on December 31st. But So by the time this episode comes out, you'll be able to see most of that list published. And like I said, most of these game of the year awards are focused on triple a games but indies have definitely been leaking more and more in there hades um among us fall guys those are the big games that have also kind of taken everyone's heart this year i'm just gonna let's see what were the other indie games that were nominated carrion which kenny played and he was obsessed with spelunky which i just played by the way and i was not a fan of it uh, Carrion. I, I, I've been like running through all, all the games that are on Game Pass that mm-hmm. I really wanted to try that I downloaded. I actually am about to uninstall Carrion after <laughs> we're done recording <laughs> this because I was not a fan of it. I felt like maybe maybe uh, mouse and keyboard would 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 have felt better, but I felt like the controller, like the gamepad controls were kind of clunky, and hmm. I, I just I couldn't get into it. Hmm. Well, Andres, uh, if you were to dub the Indie Game of the Year, uh, which one would you say was at the top of your list? I mean, it like, I it, it's hard not to say Hades because, okay. yeah, I mean, <laughs> because it did just like kind of like take, I mean, but I played so late 
although I still got really into it. Um, hmm. I just loved that it. I, I really like roguelikes, right? That just keep doing the repetitive dungeon crawling and the fact that they played the story into the re- repetition of dying and coming back to life. I thought that was so clever because people don't often do that. And I think one of my favorite things in gaming right now is when they use death in gaming to propel the story forward. And 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 they are they are aware of the fact that you keep dying. And, yeah, and Hades killed it. No pun yeah. intended. Well, yeah. actually pun very intended. I was they, waiting cool. on that. They one. really do. Yeah. Um the only the other game that comes to mind, I know this is such a random one, but like Doki Doki uh Literature Club that I you don't you don't remember about that one? Oh my god. It was this in is I'm going to have to look it up. It's this horror it's this okay, let me think. It's a love sim point and click kind of and um but it's a horror game. So you play through the love sim and then something horrible happens and then it resets the game and then that's when it starts getting scary. And then the the thing of it was that it was so clever because the metadata inside the folders that you have the game saved were changing. And so the code would change the metadata and it would basically feel like the game was organically getting mad at you for trying to turn it off and not fall in love with the right one. And it That's was really cool. Yeah, it was really clever and I really want to see more games do that. Um, I think I played a game during my like itch uh, bundle Twitch streaming that was kind of like that. I think it was called Project Cat, and it was also a horror game that seemed like the game was breaking while you were playing it. So I, uh, just to say that you know my favorite games right now are games where it feels like the game is kind of organically working and learning alongside you, which I feel like is going to be more and more of uh, genres that people explore is this meta meta commentary. Um, I, I want to piggyback on this really quick and say uh, I was right um, in the game awards. There was a category called mm-hmm. best action. It's for the best game in the action genre focused primarily on combat. Mm-hmm. The nominees were doom eternal Hades half-life. Is it Alex? Alex? Yeah. Alex. Alex. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neo 2 and Streets of Rage 4. Mm-hmm. And personally, I probably would have given that to Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, just because like the the visceral Non-stop. combat of that game is like it's very graphic. It's it's very much like Doom is about the action. That's mm-hmm. the only yeah. point of it. There's not really like this great it's... story. There it's there's no yeah. it is an action game. And I think that's what makes me lose it a little bit with Doom is because um, where most games kind of have like, um, you know, peaks and and valleys of like gameplay, uh, Doom just hits you with the peak and then you stay there. (laughs) But there there is a merit to that. And especially in my opinion, again, I love Hades and I think that Mm. it definitely deserved best indie Um, and like best indie action game. I could definitely give it. Um, but like best action in a video game in all of 2020, I, I think I would lean toward a game like doom where yeah. it is literally all action all the time. That's mm-hmm. the only point of playing the game. Yeah. Um, so I, I felt as though, um, super giant games was given 
that win with Hades based mm-hmm. on the fact that it was Hades, not based on the fact that it had the best action. Uh, the What was a category that was interesting to make so much sense, though, that was mostly popularized by indie games, or mostly populated with indie games, was Games for Impact. That okay. was like a category of games that, you know, have emotional impact, impact on the the player and ha- like the story is very important. And the games that were um, uh, nominated for that was If Found, Kentucky Route Zero, uh, Spirit Fair, Tell Me Why, which I think is the only non-indie game in there, and Through the Darkest of Times. Hmm. But it's cool to see that indie is really being like the um, the poster child for story driven right now, mm-hmm. or you know, emotional capacity. Because you have to, you know, um, otherwise, yeah, yeah the, you're not yeah, going to spend mean, as much time on out. the mechanics. Also, yeah. it, it's AAA games are are the safe bets. I mean, they're they're mm-hmm. like the blockbusters of movies, right? Like they're they're the safe bets. You know, we're gonna make, you know, Halo Twelve before we make not Halo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, I actually liked uh, another one that's good to to bring up is that Among Us won won two categories. It won mm-hmm. best multiplayer and it won best mobile game. Once again, I thought a little undeserving of best multiplayer due to all of the bugs. Um, definitely yeah. great support though, in that they've worked very hard to fix a game that they never anticipated would have this large of a player base. That it came from like 2016, I think. Yeah. Which is the other weird thing about the Game Awards is like the games didn't have to release in 2020. There just had to be like some sort of significant up, like increase in popularity or increase in whatever to mm-hmm. um, to qualify into these categories, it seems. So let me finish this segment out with, do you guys have an opinion on your best 2020 game? Oh, um, I would have to like literally... If you want to think on it for a sec, I actually have just a few more games that I would mention that I didn't get to play this year that I wanted to. Well, before you do that, let me give you mine because I'm quick to it. do it. So in the indie game genre, I think my favorite game this year um, was Undermine. Undermine. Oh, I I played that. I talked about it on the podcast. I think you did actually, yeah. Um, I think it was your discussion of it that made me jump into it in the first place. Okay. It's um, a roguelite, and it plays very fast. Um, it's easy to follow. If you like, um, I'm trying to think of a comparison, like Binding of Isaac, and you probably mm-hmm. discussed this in the in the podcast, but it's very easy to pick up, um, very complex in its capabilities, mm-hmm. um, plays like any other roguelite, um, but it's got some really interesting mechanics for boss fights. Mm. Um, and I just, I loved it. It was free for a decent period of time on the Xbox games pass. I'm not sure if it's still up. It's been a little while since I've touched it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I was going to pick an indie game this year that I played the most, it was probably that one. Nice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, you know what? I think probably just for the amount of times that I return to it, I guess there's going to be two for me. Um, okay. And I'll give you two categories. I'll give you overall uh, favorite game would be uh, Risk of Rain 2 because of yeah. how much I return to it. And I know oh, that, that, that did come out this year, out the 1.0. Year. Yeah. And um, mm. then the best uh, uh, recurring game for me, Path of Exile. I go back to it, and I always go back to it at the wrong time, right when a season's about to end. <laughs> yeah, but <right. laughs> but I consistently go back to that game. It, I mean, they nailed that ARPG yeah. gameplay yeah. so well. 
And when I, the next season starts, you and I are going to get together and we're going to start from day one. That way we can absolutely. actually get to the end game together. Fucking at me for it. I, yeah, I will. I'm all about I will, 100% it. 100% will. Nice. And I'll stream it too. I don't care. Um, I I love <laughs> Lock and I'll, key. <laughs> Set that in. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll, I'm saying it now. Like if, if you at me. I'm putting and it in the calendar. When we do that, I will, I will, I will stream put it in the calendar. Awesome. I love this. We'll, we'll twitch it up. Okay, yeah. Yes. Shit. I'm all about it. Andres has played it too. Maybe mm-hmm. he'll join us. I, I, honestly, if it was like a thing like that, I probably will. It, it's just not having the motivation to jump back into it, but I enjoyed it. I just never, that was the first Diablo-esque I ever played. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait, other than um, Ultimate Alliance, but I don't know if you can count that. I mean, I guess you I mean, we should be getting pretty close to an announcement, too, because they usually follow, like, a three-and-a-half-month cycle. Mm. And I think this it's, season started in September, right? This season will end, like, very early into 2021, mm-hmm. essentially. Okay, so, they yeah. Actually so, had I mean, a, we're getting close. Yeah, they, they broke it for a second. I was playing, and they were like, oh, the season's ending. You can't play anymore. And that was, like, this. It was like a day after I got into playing it again. And I was mm. like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I, like, looked online everywhere. And it was like, January, whatever. Jan- like, January 10th. Or, uh, you know, I'm spitboiling yeah it's a rough date i don't remember what the actual date was and i was like what it's it's saying this and it's december 10th and now it's saying that it ended and i'm like oh, i was so mad very yeah. heated um no, we're, we're gonna do it qwerty presents exactly qwerty presents <laughs> i can't wait exile. for uh path of exile 2 like the, yes, the actual which, 2 based on the way that they had discussed it previously it's literally just gonna roll straight into it yeah. so it'll mm-hmm. be this same client just new story so right i i'm all about it one one thousand it's a good choice i like it i would i have so many more games that i keep wanting to talk about too i'm probably gonna bring most of them up that i have listed during our about us segment but if we keep rolling on and move into our podcast mini game i think we're gonna have a lot of fun with the thing that we came up with today so, Yay. I mean, we haven't done a mini game in so long either. We haven't. I know. It's because we have so much to talk about. This was Dave's idea too. I really like. I know. It. I like it. I've I've come up with an idea, and it got approval, and that's all I can mm-hmm. ever ask for. Dave, <laughs> would you like to introduce us introduce us to your podcast game idea? Uh, yeah, I haven't come up with a catchy name for it. So if you've got ideas, let us know in the comments. <laughs> um. Yeah, improv the name of the game as well, because we're going to be improving everything else. Right, so this, this is largely based on um, just a little bit of improv. We're going to read the description of an indie game, preferably something that people wouldn't know, but if it is a game that people would know, you've got to kind of get creative with your own description. Uh, the people who are listening to the description then have to come up with the name of a game. Uh, and then the, the person who revealed the game, or who read the description is going to reveal what it actually is and just give us a little bit of detail on it um, and where you can find out more, whether it's available now, um, who the developer is, that kind of stuff, if you have that information available. Um, if you don't have all of that information available, that's all right. But I, I we, we tested this game out with one of our friends, mm-hmm. and we had fun playing it. <laughs> so you could totally do this with your friends in Discord anytime. Absolutely, and uh, whatever... Uh, whatever game title that we decide is the best, whether mm-hmm. that's the original one or ours, we're, we're adding the developers and we're going to make them change the name of it. We're going to start a petition.org. <laughs> petition.org. Yeah. Would you like to start us off? 
Um, sure, yeah. So I'm going to be uh, describing here, this is a free-to-play multiplayer game mm-hmm. where you'll be able to unleash your inner Daenerys as you sit atop huge fire-breathing dragons and compete to become a legendary dragoneer. Uh, there are three different game modes, including a 6v6 team deathmatch, a 6v6v6 last dragon standing, oh my God. Uh, and a twist on a capture the flag attempt. Oh, shit. You know, it reminds me of like, um, what was that old? I think it was like an NES series. It was like Dragon Lancer. Um, or, oh, man, it had something like that. But that's what it sounds like to me. So we have a game, a direct Game of Thrones reference, but that's not, that's probably not in the game title. I wouldn't Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give you that. another little <laughs> synopsis multiplayer dragon combat game that allows yeah. you to jump on the back of a variety of different fire breathing beasts and attempt to burn your rivals out of the skies. How to train your dragon multiplayer co-op. <laughs> <laughs> just like bluntly. <laughs> right, just like straight ripped. Damn it. All I can think of is like a dance of dragons. But that is like mm. would be straight ripped from the title of one of the books. That's fine. You can do yeah. it. Is I that, mean, is that your it. submission? Yeah, let's right. go with a, a, a dance of dragons. Um, the word dragon is not used in the title at all. It's actually called Century, colon, Age of Ashes. Oh. Um, this game looks really good it is in early access you can see it on steam the planned release date is february of 2021 but you can request access to join the the playtest direct through steam uh the developer is called playwing ltd mm-hmm. um i'm on their website right now and they have one other game that i can see called instant war Mm-hmm. Um, this was is... not what I was expecting. I'm watching the <laughs> gameplay trailer of it right now, like in my mind, this was like retro pixel art. Yeah. This is really good looking. Right, it looks really sick, and I'm genuinely going to request access to play this game because oh I want to play it with all of you guys. I want to uh, burn all of you alive. <laughs> all right, so the next uh, in the calendar, uh, when we all get access to this game, we're doing it. Absolutely, Gosh, I should have been writing like every. <laughs> I'll, I'll write it down later. Whatever. All right, it's so in the podcast. It, it, yeah. it, exactly. I'll, I'm going to listen to it anyway. Yeah. So who's up next? Steve, would you like to go? I'll go next. Yeah. Um, so I interpreted the rules slightly differently. So I'll say up front, I picked two of my favorite indie games, mm. which are well known, but I wrote my own description for them. I'm down for that. So let's see if you guys can figure out what this is. And hopefully it's not too easy. <laughs> so the description I wrote for the first one is... The forest spirits are concerned as an evil corporation starts to poison the hearts and minds of a small ocean town. You have an opportunity to keep the old traditions alive or let the corporation take over in this top-down economic dating simulator. A top-down oh, economic dating simulator. Can you reread the first half of that description really quick? <laughs> yeah. The forest spirits are concerned as an evil corporation starts to poison the hearts and minds of a small ocean town. Okay nature's revenge (laughs) so without giving too much away and it might be but the name of the town is pelican town oh (laughs) that you still have you still have me i mean i know what it is i don't i don't genuinely so So it's an economic dating simulator economic dating simulator (laughs) i don't know many that are (laughs) Uh, um, oh oh uh is it 
uh, Farmville 2.0. I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna submit a Farmville corporate escape interests. from the city. Corporate, like, interests. corporate interests in in, in quotes uh, quotes you know quotes. like wink. All right, you guys want me to tell you what it is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Stardew Valley. Oh, uh, do you guys okay. remember the the Junimos? They were like the forest spirits, and oh, they were upset right. because the um, JoJo Mart was taken over. Yeah, see, this I, is how far I got into the game. <laughs> I, I, I love, met them. I love your interpretation of these rules. I think that that's what we need to do next time. If we play this game again, <laughs> I think it needs to be... Um, so now there's two games. I like both. I like both. <laughs> okay. Um, All right. Okay, here's mine. So this is, let me make sure I don't have the name of the game. Okay, cool. This is a charming adventure game wrapped around a unique world-altering puzzle mechanic. Use this power to explore mysterious lands, help a quirky cast of characters, and guide the protagonist's journey, protagonist's journey back to her family. Hmm. When you said world-changing, I immediately thought Fez. Mm. No, but then you said a quirky cast of characters. Yeah, um, yeah. So it is more than one person. So charming adventure game wrapped around a unique world-altering puzzle puzzle mechanic, and the world-altering is kind of like top down. Okay. Um, it's a very short name too, yeah. so you're not going to get it. But I am interested into what you think this would be called. I'm going to go with uh, Tetris RPG. (laughs) (laughs) I would play that. Uh, Yeah, I would too. Like Um, like you delete a row and then you kind of like beat the game and you end up playing one of the blocks leaving the Tetris map to go home. (laughs) So it's like you're like the... But you can't conform to a Tetris, otherwise you lose your life. Right, exactly. So everything in your world is incomplete. It's (laughs) anti-Tetris. Everything in the world is not Tetris, yeah. You go the wrong way, you actually get entered back into the queue to be dropped down into the Tetris board. That's the the trick. Um, Gosh, I'm so bad at coming up with names. I I guess I'm going to just go ahead and say... Uh, I'm, I'll just give you Lost Girl. Mm. That's my name for you. Lost Girl. The game yeah. is called Carto. 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 Yeah. Like a cartograph. Like a like a cartographer. Cartographer. Okay. Yeah. And so the okay. way that it looks is actually you have like these tiles that represent your world, almost like Catan. But um, what you do is you move the tiles around in your world map to change how the world works. Oh, it's oh, literally so cool. a world building exactly. game. Exactly. Okay. Interesting. So it's like you have, let's say, six tiles and like this is grass, sand, sand, grass, sand, sand. You could move the sand to the other side of the grass. When you walk to the left, now there's sand over there. Quick update. Uh, Roland says hi and oh. that he loves all of you. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Um, and now, Steven, you said you actually had a second one, so let's do a little I bonus do. round. Wait, I have to say, oh, okay. the developer is Sunhead Games, um, okay. and the this is the only game they have on Steam, and if you look for Carto Game online, they are available on the Switch as well. It's an incredibly cute-looking puzzle game. So, I'm going yeah, to have to check that out. Yeah, find them, find them on Steam. You can find them on the Switch if you have a Switch. So... Yeah, uh, wait, I think, Dave, you were going to be next, right? 
Uh, I I did one. I didn't have two. I only had the one. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Well, Steve, yeah, I have I have another one just to oh. be safe. Well, okay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll do them both exactly. So in the same vein as last time, I wrote my own description, and this is a very popular game, and I doubt very highly that you guys are going to get okay. this, but. <laughs> <clears throat> a local cookie enthusiast known only by a prominent article of clothing that he consistently wears receives constant phone calls with varying employment instructions that he misinterprets and proceeds to kill everything in his path. <laughs> Incidentally, all the locations he visit house uh, houses members of the Russian mafia. And in this top down retro shooter, it's either kill or restart a hundred times until you get it right. Oh, okay. I know what this is exactly immediately. Damn. Wait, but you said, wait, but, He's a local cookie what? Enthusiast. Cookie enthusiast. That's the and lore? I'll explain. That's the I'll lore? explain. Okay. Sort of. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to read it one more time? Yeah, I need it. I need a second pass right. of that. I think the I think the last sentence is what'll give it away, but a local cookie enthusiast, known only by a prominent article of clothing that he consistently wears, receives constant phone calls with varying employment instructions that he misinterprets and proceeds to kill everything in his path. Incidentally, all the locations he visits house members of the Russian mafia, and in this top down retro shooter, it's either kill or restart a hundred times until you get it right. Actually maybe okay. I don't know what it is. I think I do know. Um, All right, let's take some guesses. Okay. But, Dave first. Oh God. Ha. Uh, You're probably right. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna guess anything close to what it is. I'm gonna say that. Uh, I'm gonna give this a completely different spin. I'm gonna <laughs> okay. pull pull a Sesame Street here, and I'm gonna call this. Uh, I was thinking Cookie Monsters Conundrum. Cookie Monsters Conundrum. All right, there you Cookies go. Cookies Revenge. <laughs> Yeah. Um. I. I mean, the first. I think Hotline Miami too, but okay. I'm yeah. not sure now. <laughs> yeah. I didn't... So it's hot. It is Hotline Miami, okay. the original. Okay. Yeah, I was gonna say the, Hotline Miami. And the reason why I say Cookie Enthusiast is, uh, if you remember at the beginning of the game, uh, he's told that he's getting a delivery of cookies, and when he opens up the box, it's the different masks. Oh. So the be- and then if you look at all of the phone calls that he receives yeah. that gives him instructions on who to kill, they're always written in a vague way that's like you need to make sure that this hotel guest stay is perfect yeah. or we have an infestation of bugs or like it's always written in like an employment instruction mm-hmm. where he's just constantly being called to do odd jobs but instead kills everybody. <laughs> oh my gosh. It really is it's ugh, this game's so insane. The the next the only game I've played since that has like the same vibe is Katana Zero. Okay, I'm um, not familiar with that one. So check it out, to you'll love it. it. it There's yeah, another yeah. game with a similar vibe. I believe that it's called Door Kickers. It's got a very similar uh, concept. It sounds like mm. it would. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah. All right, Andres, and the reason why I say one, uh, and I've actually thrown a second one up for myself, which <laughs> bonus has a has been renamed since oh. its release. So it's going to be even harder. <laughs> All right. There, go ahead, Andre. So my next one is a wild tale of love, death chickens and redemption this is a buddy cop noir adventure with a carefully crafted world a gritty story and lots of absurd horror humor <laughs> <laughs> very very different changes the game <laughs> yeah, yeah. okay so let me know if you want me to reread that um yeah yeah do, do it one more say... time oh yeah read it one more time okay. a wild tale of love death 
Chickens and Redemption. This is a buddy cop noir adventure with a carefully crafted world, a gritty story, and lots of absurd humor. Okay. I'm going to say Ricky Rooster 2 out of the coop. <laughs> uh, Ricky Rooster. I'm going to do KFC colon kill foul chickens. Kill foul chickens. <laughs> I love that. Uh, it is chicken police. Chicken ah, police. Yeah. There was a reference to this earlier in this podcast. Was there? <laughs> yeah, I think you had mentioned it, but I didn't know what you were talking Maybe. about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I snuck it back in. The reason nice. like, I keep thinking about this one is because I was on uh, Black Girl Gamers on Twitter, and they had a what were your favorite 2020 games, and the comment section in that was dope. Like, There were a lot of nice. really good games, and now I want to check in uh, into like Caves of Cud. Which is with a Q or bug snacks? I played that. Which you is want all, a chicken like too? Chicken too, yeah. <laughs> um, damn it! Now I can't think of another poultry pun. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that game was there. It looked hilarious. Uh, BGG replied to it, as in like immediately checking this game out because it's all like cardboard cutouts of animals in noir clothing, and they're having. It's like uh, what's that? Yeah, it's just a. It's just a. Uh, la noir but with uh, anthropomorphized animals and there's uh apparently like eight plus hours of recorded dialogue that you can get through i love that's that. cool yeah that's cool really all uh, right that's really cool all right dave <laughs> yep all right let me let me finish this off um this game is a and i'm i'm once again i'm pulling these straight off of alpha beta gamer mm. um these descriptions i didn't have time to make my own well oh right chicken police was initially. from the wild gentleman um okay um so this game is a spectacularly chaotic first person platformer in which you have to leapfrog between a herd of stampeding 18 wheelers with an aim of reaching the finish line without touching the ground so that's that's the the game. The game is that you have to get from start to finish by jumping on uh, large trucks. So it's Frogger okay. on top of the cars, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if if you saw an image of it, you would see how it's not entirely that. Um, okay. I would so- actually, <laughs> based on this image, I would liken it to uh, what was what was that first first person free running game that everybody loved. Oh, 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 um, Mirror's Edge. Mirror's Edge, that's it. Yep. So oh. that one. So it, it reminds me of Mirror's Edge. Never mind. Yeah. So it, <laughs> Gary says Andre's use uh, Temple Run, uh, the mobile um, platformer, yeah. which, yeah, that spurred its own genre. I, it's funny because Andre's, you said Frogger. I was going to call this uh, Frogger Urban Danger Zone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, let me see. The trucks are lava. <laughs> The trucks are the part that isn't lava, but oh. I, I love <laughs> your inventive title. Everything um, but the trucks Tarzan are lava. Tarzan Highway Edition. Right. Tarzan um, Highway Edition. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm about it. That's my okay. favorite one. That's the part of the game that we forgot to do, which was vote on the best title. Oh, yeah. Um, They're all good. So it's this, developing as we go. Yeah. This game was previously called Highway Flight Squad. Okay. Um, and they've now renamed it cluster truck oh okay mm, i have um, seen this yeah i i knew it uh, it was like first thing that came to mind was like human fall flat for some reason 
And this kind right. of does... I think this might have been developed in the same engine, at least. This looks hilarious, though. It's just trucks. <laughs> yeah, so this was, uh, this was developed, I guess, by Landfall. Yeah. Looks like the publisher, or the developer and publisher, um, which also did Totally Accurate Battle Simulator, uh, Stick Fight the Game, mm. Totally Accurate Battlegrounds, etc. Etc. Um, Evil Knievel, the never-ending jump. <laughs> um, Back but, to business. But uh, I, I like the idea of jumping on a bunch of trucks that are just hurtling towards you. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Hurtling towards you. I don't know. Whatever. I'm bad <laughs> at English. No, it's I enjoyed this game. I did. I think we should. Keep... Yeah, we did again. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, there was interpretation issues, uh, but we've we've created like two separate games out of this exactly. One Maybe idea. next time so... it'll be the first one will be written description. The next one will be your own description. Yes, I like it. Cool. Sweet. Well, with that, Steve, I would love to move on to the next topic, which is our tech cafe, starring you. Yeah, so this week uh, in the Tech Cafe, what I wanted to focus on, um, and even though it's not an indie game, um, it is definitely huge in the news, and it plays a big important role when it comes to um, tech itself. So Cyberpunk 2077 released um, on December 10th, and I know that we all have varying opinions and a lot of uh, things that we want to discuss associated with this. What I'll do is just start with the tech, and then we can kind of talk about the game. Mm -hmm. So um, Cyberpunk is in the news from a controversial standpoint, which is uh, one of the reasons why I said CD Projekt Red's having such a bad week, Mm -hmm. uh, because their uh, technical requirements are to their own you know um testament next gen and therefore a lot of the um last gen consoles the ps4 and the um, xbox one are suffering greatly but we are pc users and so um, if you take a look at the tech cafe um this week after the podcast is posted you're going to see um what cd project red is listed as their um, technical requirements they actually have seven different levels which is most likely due to the fact that there was such a, um, a backlash in response to the technical requirements for this game yeah it's a nice nice way <laughs> um, but if we take a look at it and uh, i have posted it for us to look at um I wanted to kind of go through what I would consider to be the recommendation after having played it. Um, I've messed around now. I personally fall into what is considered their high requirements um, category uh, for standard play and their minimum requirements for ray tracing, which just changes how the game kind of responds to light. Um, It's not a huge factor, but it does kind of give it a little bit of a visual boost. But I've played with all of the different settings, and what I've noticed is that Um, At their lowest, lowest possible setting, the game doesn't seem to live up to what the expectations were for Cyberpunk 2077. So whereas you can get away with playing the game, I personally would kind of sit in the recommended section because at least you can get away with actually getting those really pretty vibrant visuals that they're expecting so i'm going to be putting together an economy build that kind of goes along the lines of what they consider to be the recommended level Mm. and i'll be posting that using pc part picker in the tech cafe uh, for you guys to take a look at um i'm interested in what you guys have seen with your gameplay so far and uh if, if you've played it uh, or what you've heard, um, and any kind of general discussion about this. But uh, definitely the Tech Cafe is going to have some resources and information surrounding the uh, technical requirements for this game. Mm. Okay, so let's get into it really quick. I don't <laughs> want to spend too much time on this, because yeah. I'll every give us 15 bit minutes, of maybe. a... 
every bit of a topic on uh, CD Projekt or on, on Cyberpunk is controversial. Every single thing. And there's a vocal community behind all of it. Um, this is actually what I was initially referring to in the beginning of the episode. So callback really quick. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Where community response, feedback, and criticism should always be welcome. Uh, it steps over to the wrong part of criticism when you start writing death threats to developers whose jobs oh, depend yeah. on getting the fucking game out. So, hey, yep. uh, the general, uh, you know, PSA Populous. to the <laughs> the very vocal pieces of shit on the internet, don't be an <laughs> asshole. These, yeah. these people have families and they have lives and... And, and it's a shame, too, because, I mean, and I know that I'm working with a rig that's probably considered above standard for most people, but the game itself has been fantastic for me mm -hmm. through gameplay. Yeah. So it is kind of, you know, it's disheartening. And I know that they say, you know, the loudest voices on the Internet represent only 1% of the actual opinion, but it still is concerning when you see what you're talking about, which is this terrible negative backlash in all aspects, not just the game's technical, but I know there was a lot of like social controversy mm -hmm. associated with it. Yeah. So yeah, so Dave, is there anything you wanted to speak to on that? Anything you're social interested controversy, in? Social controversy, yes. Um because okay. because I'm still uh an active Tumblr user, I get okay. to be exposed to the opposite end of of offense i guess and okay. and i don't mean that in a negative way it's just a different perspective on yeah. on what has been upsetting people so you've got the you know you've got the cis white uh perspective of people being angry that like they're highlighting trans so much and then you've got the opposite uh, perspective of people who are very much in that community and 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 are trans or are mm -hmm. BIPOC or any other LGBTQ, uh, correct me if I'm missing any sort of abbreviation there, um, but uh, where the that community has felt that the game has uh, stepped too far into the direction of fetishizing um, trans. And, and it actually is its own form of transphobia uh, where you are especially the the again the grotesque nature of the shittiest people on the internet being mm -hmm. like i don't know what you trans people are all upset about oh, don't you love lady dicks and it's like okay <laughs> shut the fuck up mm. and it's like it's yeah. that thing where it's like no one's telling you that you need to make this like your new fetish nobody's saying that you need to like like this you don't have to be about this you like the point of it was that you were supposed to be able to play yourself as you feel you are represented, right. I feel like. But instead, it became this thing of like, we have to throw the trans thing into people's faces and we have to, we have to like target that audience, is what it ended up being. Yeah. It, it, it didn't so, end up being about representation. It uh, yeah. ended up trying to go too far into like uh, trying to gain a a consumer audience that they went to the opposite end of being offensive. You know, mm. the, I yeah. forget the, the name of the description where, where the, the opposite ends of the spectrum are actually so close together that they're basically the same thing. Mm. Yeah. And then I would want to point out one thing on that topic. And I do agree that there were some missteps that they took, like specifically um, when it comes to their attempted inclusion, they still tied pronouns to um, vocal structure, mm. which I think was a poor decision on their part. 
Um, they should have just allowed it to be a decision by the player. But one thing that really sticks out to me, and and I understand why, because it is a representation in our culture, but it is based on a dystopian society and so the whole concept is that this is what we would consider to be the most outlandish uh representation mm -hmm. of what could happen when sexuality itself becomes so um desensitized and normal that everything goes and it's you know if you read any of like the science fiction that was written back in like the 40s you know the expectations for the direction the world was going in because you have this really solid conservative base mm -hmm. and it's like i we can't consider the progression and so we just take it to the most extreme and it usually involves just what they would have considered at the time to be you know outlandishly sexual you know thoughts and and representations and so cyberpunk definitely is trying to dip its toe in that dystopian expectation of like this is just normal and so it but it's so abnormal to i guess what you would consider to be our standards today um i guess i guess the problem for me there comes to abnormal to our who's our standards exactly. because like to to me it's not abnormal i have many different friends who are in various stages of transition and mm -hmm. or who who just identify off of the the binary of of what has been considered normal from the conservative standpoint uh, for yeah. so long but to me all of that's normal i you know and i don't think yeah. that that's different for i'm not saying that for you or for andres or for anybody else uh all, associated with this podcast that that would be abnormal but it, mm, i guess no. i think that's what really rubbed people the wrong way is like is that they they took this concept and were like what would it be like if like people thought this was normal i was like i i don't know it'd just be a better society probably not a dystopian yeah, one yeah. well so the inclusive aspect of it the the attempt at making it you know um represented it within the mm -hmm. game i think should be something that you know everybody considers when we talk about these like high-end rpgs i think what i'm referring to mostly is like especially if you've been playing the game almost every major advertisement in the game mm -hmm. for whatever corporate product they're trying to push involves something like a female model in a unitard where you can very very distinctly see the outline mm -hmm. impressions of her dick <laughs> you know right. and so it's like this this whole um the way that it's being represented as a form of media. Mm -hmm. I don't think that, yeah, and I agree with you, there's nothing abnormal in any way, and, you know, as far as how it's represented in the culture of the individual. I think this was more along the way of how it's represented in the media, because we don't really see that kind of stuff in the media today, you know, in current w world and times. Right. But, I, I but think, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think, but I, I just, I understand where people get especially now that you've given that description i definitely understand where people get the the point of it being like way more fetishized than than like yeah it needed it's to intentionally be. being that way and i think that that's where and i understand that there's a there's a line that you need to kind of draw and it's okay yeah. or it's mm -hmm. not okay and unfortunately when we talk about entertainment a lot of times they need to cross that line in order to try and get people to you know talk about it no press is bad press is the usual consideration when it comes to the entertainment mm -hmm. industry except for when all your press is bad press <laughs> true which is where cd project red is having a real big tough time right now actually i was reading the financial article they lost like 6.6 .6 billion dollars mm -hmm. in stock uh, value um, actually because I of saw a headline yeah. that they're looking investors are looking to sue now for um, wow. for a misrepresentation of what 
they were going to publish. Yeah. Before we and get we'll into, into the that, technical aspects, all I want to say about the controversy of it all is that the issue that I see here is that that is still a white man's mentality of how to you take exaggerated trans people in the future. There was no trans right. person. Yeah in that writing because if you right. exaggerate yeah, it, you would have them normalized as like the clerk at the grocery store you would have a trans yeah, person as like a femme identifying person with a deep voice as the main character who introduces you to everyone else like yeah they needed to have more inclusivity in their design team I yes think. right there needs to be more actual representation there is that's the problem one yeah. vagina there is one vagina there are three right. dicks you can choose from right and three different sizes and so how many vaginas huge... are there like it's yeah. dumb. There's no, you're clearly right. and, and like it. Then the vocal thing to me, just because of a QA standpoint, like that's the first thing I noticed. And I'm what would be considered what cis, cis trans white. Like I'm as you know vanilla as it gets right. in my identity outward. And yet I immediately picked up exactly. on the fact that this is <laughs> this is something that's not really uh, well put together. So I think that you're right, uh, Andres. They should have had a little bit better of a representation in order to kind of catch these things in the design. The phase. best example of representation is fucking Animal Crossing. Half of that dev team was female. Half of that dev team was male. Who knows how many were trans? If at all hopefully some but you can see how everyone is considered when you have a diverse yeah. dev team yeah and yeah. also yeah. i think i think it's it's worth noting that there and i i don't have a game uh for an example right now um but i know that i've played them where like mm -hmm. it literally and not the best way to do it but your gender is not it's it, it just basically it's like a ticker it's like male voice one male voice right. two male voice three female voice one female voice two female voice three that kind of thing but you can tie them to any character you want it's not based yeah. on like what your character looks like is is then your gender or anything like that and yeah and, i think that's where they screwed up was that they advertised themselves as being this platform of inclusivity and then they failed I, <laughs> yeah i'm yeah. just because i'm gay doesn't mean i understand the trans perspective but i've been reading a lot of posts from trans people and i like the thing that came out and stood out to me the most is the a comment saying that it's just it really fucking sucks to find out that the media you love hates you back it really yeah, fucking yeah. sucks to be waiting it's, it's all year for a game that is supposed to be inclusive and supposed to allow you to be yourself in a video game and now you have a month's worth of news that is kind of just reminding you that the world hates you and so it yeah. just it that sucks and it sucks to be yeah. reminded about that all the time so yeah I, yeah this is a over promise under deliver yeah. aspect of the game and unfortunately it, it carries a huge weight when it comes to the culture that we really want to be promoting and are just failing to do yeah. so yeah so, and it's I, like, I, I i don't know yeah it, I, i'm glad it, i, I sure have no way to relate to it game as well yeah. but like but yeah it, they exaggerated uh, everything as what it could be but it's like but you sh there are right. characters in that game that show you that like they're like that the devs loved right like there are characters in cyberpunk who you wouldn't consider fully horrible people right hmm. exactly like yeah. So why are no, how many of them saying, are trans? Yeah. How yeah. many respect and unfortunately, it's interesting in that they they allow you to do that at the beginning from a creation standpoint, but they really don't represent any um, of that in the characters exactly. themselves throughout the gameplay. Uh, sexuality and orientation and gender are not anything that's focused on mm. in most of the gameplay I've done so far. It's really only in that character creation step and the way that your character interacts with the world moving forward. So it's a real shame that it wasn't implemented well mm. and. Um, in that creativity, uh, it's 
it's double-edged, right? Mm-hmm. In that creativity, you get the positive of you get to choose that representation, the negative of them not doing a great implementation of it. Um, but I, on the one hand, I'm appreciative that they don't push any, any, um, there's, there's no like, oh, you chose the, the trans option. So like, we're going to throw that in your face from a story perspective too. Yeah. And every story is the same, regardless of your decision, which, which is good, but also it, yeah, it doesn't, um, it doesn't really cover any, any new ground. You know, it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not saying anything with with it, it it took an opportunity and it swung at it really hard and it missed entirely yeah and then to kind of um talk about the next aspect was the uh technical side mm. um, oh yeah which and is this is where yeah this is a tech yeah, cafe <laughs> i i think that i i'm most disappointed in this aspect because um i really do think that cd project red messed up when their full advertisement um, platform was next gen, this game is going to be better than anything you've ever seen. And then they turned around and they released it on what now is considered the last generation of consoles. And I think that that was a huge misstep, uh, misstep because they knew what was going to happen and they did it anyway. And it's a shame because now it's biting them in the ass. And wasn't the whole point of cyberpunk waiting so long to release because they were testing it on all the gens to make to on all the systems to make sure it worked right it's like no it's right, just yeah. ps5 I, and I, the new xbox and um i mean at least the the makers of those consoles have stepped up and said hey mm-hmm. uh this doesn't work and we're not gonna uh hold your money permanently uh it 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 speaks volumes at the mm-hmm. major failure of cd project red that microsoft and sony had to say, hey, for the, the previous-gen consoles, we'll just refund the, the purchase. Yeah, and I think that the, the odd part here is that the, I feel like CD Projekt Red felt some form of pressure mm-hmm. in uh, making this game accessible to everyone. And I know that it's normal in the gaming industry for you to have a release across all platforms. But because of the capabilities of this game and the way that it was originally advertised and, and how it's actually playing out, um, I really think that they should have kept this a PC exclusive until it was ready to be released on the PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. and on the Xbox Series X. Because... We know for a fact that those consoles play it way better, probably still not to the capabilities of a decent PC rig, but when you compare it to the PlayStation 4, where rendering is horrendous, and these beautiful, gorgeous cinematic sequences that they showed in the trailers, and then you get in there and it's just geometric and blocky, and it's barely playing, it's constantly breaking. Yeah, it's a shame, and... and I get that double-edged thing where it's like, I'm having a blast. This game's awesome. But I do feel for anybody who had that hype going in, was using a console purely because that's, you know, how they they play their games. Yeah. And we're really screwed out of an experience. If the expectation was laid up front that you as a PlayStation 4 user or you as an Xbox S are not going to be able to play this game, we're sorry. Mm. Yes, they would have gotten backlash for that, but it would have been a lot less than what they're dealing with right now, having to rescind that capability after trying to release it to everybody. Yeah, and and it is the lesser of two evils, and it also hits that damned if you do, damned if you don't. I mean, look at uh, Destiny 2 releasing on console before releasing on pc and how many people were upset like i'm not gonna fucking buy this game at all now 
or like the people who were like, well, I'm just mad that I have to buy it twice. And, you know, that's like one of those things. And, and I, yeah. I understand both arguments of it, mm. but I, I think you're right. I think that they would have been better off just, Hey, PC is what we know best. We're doing that. We're going to iron out the kinks. Then we're going to get it out onto consoles as soon as possible. Mm. We are very sorry yes. that we can't have this game for the holidays, but it's what it's. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. But what I will say is um, if you're listening in and you had a horrendous experience on the console and you still want to play this game and you were in the market for building your own computer, um, we'll definitely have something in the Tech Cafe by the time this posts to kind of give you an idea as to what I would consider to be uh, the minimum specs that you want to go for. Um, and there will be a large discussion about this moving forward, so feel free to join in on the conversation. Thanks. Yay. Well, I mean, we've already been kind of sharing our thoughts here, so... We yeah. might as well just already consider this the about us segment, right? <laughs> um, Do a little a little brief catch up. Yeah, right. Uh, so let's say. I mean, I guess I'll start for. I mean, I'm trying to think. I was going to go to see my family, and that got canceled because, of course, uh, we were going to get together in LA, and then it just got so much harder to travel out there. So unfortunately, that had to cancel, which happy and sad about that but that's probably like the most eventful thing that's been happening to me is that this december i've had to do all this crap of like i rescheduled my flight paid 50 dollars for that like i was able to talk to them and get the flight like the cheapest one that was all of this stuff i got out unscathed still owing 85 dollars but it just sucked having to do that whole like I, I lost money on the insurance. I lost money on the booking fees. N- um, never book with Skyscanner. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> We're not looking for Hopper for all the way. Skyscanner, if you're listening to this, fuck you. Fuck you. Oh my god, your your phone people are really nice, but you have shady business practices, guys <laughs> and gals. Uh, and then uh. I don't know, like going into 2021 feels super uneventful. <laughs> Um, I'm going to get together with some friends on Christmas, but that's probably it. Right on. Yeah, it's chill, though. Steve. How about you, Dave? Oh, okay. I'll go. Um, <laughs> uh, my my Christmas is uh, going to be, or by the time you listen to this, uh, I believe it will have been uh, mm. pretty nice. Uh, unfortunately, for the second year in a row, I can't see my own family, mm. Um, mm. which makes me very sad. Um, to not get choked up, I'm going to move past that. Um, but we we had the fortune, uh, my wife and I, of moving near her parents and her sister and uh, her sister's boyfriend and their kid are all going to drive out and and visit, uh, and we're going to have a, a family Christmas. It's just unfortunately, it's not my immediate family. It's all of my in laws plus my chosen family of my wife. And um, at least you got somebody. Yeah, it, it'll be nice to yeah. have some some level of that normalcy. But at the same time, once again, like with Andres, uh, the travel thing just wasn't happening this year, Ugh. and uh, it's it is heartbreaking. You, uh, you getting choked than, up almost made all of the feelings that I've been pushing down resurface. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, good at hiding my feelings, so um, I'd rather just on the QWERTY therapy. <laughs> yeah, after I'd show. rather just move past. Um, I'm excited. Uh, uh, we. We got some switch related gifts for um 
Shona's sister and her boyfriend so that we could play games online maybe together at some point in time. Cool. That'll be nice. Um, otherwise, uh, I'm just looking forward to 2021 as uh, uh, trying to find a place where we can um, start to pick up the pieces that fell apart so badly this year, despite the fact that personally I had a, a pretty decent year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, outside of losing, well, getting furloughed from my job, you know, I've I've moved somewhere where I'm able to save more money. Uh, my wife has this incredible job currently, and fingers crossed, knock on wood, etc., that she'll get to keep it um, and and move forward and develop herself professionally, and that I'll find something here as well. But it gave us the ability to buy a house too. So yeah. I've I've had That's a big. relatively successful year. Congrats! Good. Yeah, so and proud Steven, of you, yeah. Dave. and um my about me is very trivial relative to the problems that you guys are having and i do genuinely uh feel sorry for that i know that that's an issue that a lot of you know people are struggling with right now with being able to access family during the holidays especially since the holidays is usually the time of year that you really need to have those connections so do not take what i'm about to say next in any way (sighs) as making light of that but personally i have purchased an oculus quest 2 and this bad boy which if you have the video segment is taking up my camera screen right now hours of enjoyment so cheap easy to get into um i have a segment in the tech cafe about qwerty's favorite things this was my pick for this year um i think that it is a fantastic buy if you're like the rest of the world right now and you have absolutely nothing to do and you have any money at all in your pockets for entertainment and you're just looking for something to pass the time i do highly recommend it it is fantastic so for me, spending my time inside virtual reality because this reality is just horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> but I still do need to read your description. That's a wireless one? Um, yeah, so this is it's inside out, so it actually tracks from the headset. Mm. So um, it plays as a standalone, but I actually picked up a, a cable that lets me connect it to the PC directly, mm-hmm. and um, that lets me use it in the same way that I was using the HTC Vive. Mm-hmm. And my God, take a look at the Tech Cafe. I'll probably have a discussion about it. I know VR was in question this past week, so we'll probably talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it's a fantastic device, and it really cuts out on a lot of the issues I had in the previous generations mm-hmm. of VR. So it's cheaper, and it's better. Hey, I mean, what can you ask and for? We're, we're <laughs> definitely getting into VR, especially especially everyone being stuck at home. Yeah. You know, you got to create those yeah. VR systems. I keep finding like, uh, or like, I think even Dave had, um, was it you? Shit. Somebody showed me a house tour that was a VR house tour. And I think that's incredibly common these days. And just I've like, seen those, yeah. Yeah. but I didn't show it to you. They're not hard to capture My real either. estate agent has yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And like, honestly, I could buy a $200 360 camera and, and like get paid doing those. I mean, oh, maybe yeah, they're yeah. a little more right. expensive, but there are some really affordable ones that you can just stick on a tripod. You go to events. Exactly. Um, I don't want to... I do want to change the subject only because we have to. Mm-hmm. We missed a quick topic oh. very early on that we were supposed to cover for news, which was that Fall Guys did their holiday release. Oh, yeah. Andres and I played it. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll, there's a I'll reason. Just do a, here's my quick recap is we weren't fans of it. If you like Fall Guys, <laughs> this is more Fall Guys. Uh, yeah. it's good for that. Uh, if you kind of get tired of playing Fall Guys after a few rounds, you will still get tired of playing Fall Guys after a few rounds. That's mm-hmm. what I've learned from from playing. <laughs> it. 
Yeah, it was cute. Um, I w- uh, it had a new level that I had literally theorized as being the level they needed, and I didn't love it. So <laughs> yeah, it's like the worst level right now. I was just saying like they really need a level that is just a downhill slope where you're falling the whole time and you have obstacles and you have to fall. And the it ins- the reason I was like inspired was because of the um the cheese run. I don't know if you know about that, but when they roll a wheel of cheese down this hill in like somewhere in Europe and then everybody runs after it and it's just this messy fucked up hill of like bodies flying and it's entirely voluntary and there's uh, ambulances at the bottom but it just made me think that would be a good fall guys uh level they did it i wasn't impressed (laughs) um but you know it was i want to still love fall guys i really enjoyed playing it i um i hate people typing dead game to it i literally said that earlier uh but that's also just me so i think but i mean immediately after fall guys we i think we started playing uh, a game that was not from this year, but uh, no, Oxygen Not Included has been this game that quickly took over QWERTYcast for the past, like, 48 hours, maybe, like, four days. Um, oh, yeah, we've had you, Kenny, Kyle, and even Cam with the one day. And Walker. All basically, and who, oh, and Walker. Walker bought and, it. And all of you were fucking streaming. I mean, I literally made a joke about it, and mm-hmm. no one... Uh, responded to it. No, we were hurt, playing. Hurt my are we uh, are we Twitch streaming at all? No, no they they just... were all streaming their individual plays through Discord, <laughs> and it was like straight up. Like I got off the one day, and everyone had been the last person that got off that day was Kenny at four in the morning, mm-hmm. and then I got on the next day, and uh, it was one p.m. relatively, and and. Kenny, Andres, and Kyle were streaming again. And I was like, what mm. that? Like, Nobody's that's all you ever guys are doing. on that early. Nobody's been on that early since like Animal Crossing. Um, oh, yeah. The, yeah, wait. So what happened was that Kyle bought it for me and Kenny because he's like, I, do you guys want to play this game with me? And I'm always over. This is a resource game. Uh, it's made by Klee Entertainment. They made um, Don't Starve. And so they have this. It's just like prison architect where you have to manage all of these little npcs and then you have to build systems and over time improve those systems and i'm always always overwhelmed by those games i feel like that would be the perfect game for you steve but i'm always overwhelmed it does sound yeah, like it. and and i but watching everyone else play i was able to ask questions people were helping me out and even seeing so what happened that night was that kyle had a work party and then he took a nap after the party, came back to life, and then started playing. And so everyone, like, around 9 o'clock, he had woken up. So when Kenny and everyone else got off at 4 a.m., he never went to bed. I come on at, like, 11, and I'm like, hey, what are you up to? And I started playing with him because I woke up. And then, yeah, so there was somebody in that channel that we made for it for, like, at least 48 hours solid streaming. We're going to have to check it out. And I'm going to have to force you guys to Twitch stream it yeah. at some point. So uh, May- keep an eye out on our uh, Twitch channel for Oxygen Not included. Yeah, this... Oh, my God, I'm obsessed. And you know what? I'll do Someone a stream when I feel comfortable that I can, like, get far. <laughs> Kenny was showing me his, and he's killing it. Oh, my God. I, I, I got in, like, Thursday, and I already have, like, 14 hours in it. Plus. Yeah. 
probably yeah, but more. like I meant like his his management of resources is like it. I mean he's already self sustaining. Oh, I hate it. Yeah, he's like, oh, here's here's my food production. Here's my little robot that picks it up and he puts it in the food bin. So I don't even have to think about it. I'm like, I have to think about too many things. Shut up. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's also been the highlight of my December. Just like randomly playing this game that I will probably stop playing entirely in uh, a week. I've I've been mostly mired by Monster Sanctuary mm, uh, as I wait have. for a new temp that new Temtem update. Uh, I've been playing the side-scrolling, almost like platformer, uh, where the battles play like like a Final Fantasy game, mm. um, and uh, it's just a monster collecting and battling game. Um, but just the different perspective, I think, makes it fresh enough for me to keep going back to it and yeah. playing it. Each monster has their own skill tree rather than like different abilities that they learn. Um, and those skill trees house the abilities that they can learn and you can like have it so that you can like the same monster can either be a support or it can be an attack or like so it, it has a lot of uh, permutations to it that I love. Awesome. Yeah, you've been saying a lot of good stuff. <laughs> I remember. I've streamed it into Discord. I've also played that game for probably t- almost twice the amount of time that you've played mm-hmm. uh, Oxygen Not Included. And I've had it for ju- probably about twice the amount of time that you've had that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, definitely a lot of uh, a lot of good games to look forward mm-hmm. to. Um, I guess the next time we'll be in 2021. talking to you guys is going to be in 2021. Oof. Thank you guys. This is I mean, I'm glad that I get to finish it out with you guys. Um I'm glad that I have Cordycast. Honestly, it's been the thing that kept me afloat this year. It really has. I I I've come to find myself in Cordycast voice channels every single day of the year. Uh, I've I've yeah. already expressed my uh, those same sentiments on the last episode, yeah. so I'll, I'll save you. <laughs> so yeah, so please <laughs> if you're listening to this join us we have a lot of fun if you don't so whatever (laughs) and (laughs) um uh yeah continue listening we're we're around we're gonna keep streaming we're gonna keep playing games talking about it loving indie stuff that's QWERTYCAST if you guys don't have anything else then I think we can close it out this episode is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers our QWERTYCAST hosts our audio engineer slash musical master, Gary, and you, our listeners. If you would like to join our community, find us through QWERTYCAST.com, which has links to all our platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Patreon, Discord, and even more. On behalf of everyone here at QWERTYCAST, thanks for listening. This is Dave saying QWERTYCAST out.